0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's a True Faith podcast on a Thursday night uh, with me, Simon Campbell, and on the line I've got Norman Riley. Dogger and Ben are covering the—what are they at again tonight, Norman? Some sort of uh, podcast for the times. times.
2: Times, football podcast, isn't it? I think they, right. do, like a, they do it. Uh, they, they go from I don't know, city to city, and, they, and they, they do them. So they've got, have got Rafa there with uh, George Colgan and Oliver Keir. So I'm sure, um, I'm sure it'll be worth a listen. i will get plenty of Newcastle fans listening to it once it's once it's available. But I'd imagine with it being the Times, you probably have to subscribe to it.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> well, we're gonna have Alex on as soon as he's uh, finished. Uh, at the end of the show, so stick around after me and Norman have had what say about Man United and we'll get the exclusive from Dodsey about, about what's happened at the Rafa night so um, back to back to business Norman uh, It is in fact a preview of, with, there's another football match this week, I feel like I've had enough of them if I'm honest, last week was so brutal um, alas Manchester United, it's, it's a massive game it always is, Man U at home every season, I look forward to it um, I, I, I didn't look forward to Burnley on Wednesday last week but I am looking forward to this is that mental? Um, I don't know. Uh, we've got new players and stuff to to, to get excited about, and um, it's just that kind of Rafa v Jose thing. I just think it's going to be it's going to be a, a good day, a good atmosphere, and I really think we can get something. Um, am, I, am I mental, Norman? Do you think Do you think this lineup with this team with with the few additions we've got in stand a chance against Manu, or, or in for another hammering? No, stand a chance. We you know. You...
2: You could you could see it to a certain extent. You know, Liverpool were you know more more or less on par with Man U. I mean, as an attacking force, definitely. Um, and we more than held our own against the Scousers. Um, obviously, you have got two contrasting styles of play. I think that Rafa's set up against Liverpool, um, Klopp's you know famous gig pressens It's an, an easier one for our squad of players to to cope with on a tactical level because um, it's. It just that it does allow you to almost sit back and like soak soak up that wave after wave of pressure. Whereas Mourinho, um, he is you know, he's you have to say it, even though Manu score a lot of goals and the do teams he is he is quite a defensive defensive coach. His his priority is basically like, you know, we'll we just won't concede goals. That's his first priority, is like let's not concede, and obviously a lot of the time that works. Um on Saturday against Spurs, you think about it on Saturday against Spurs he would have gone there with a game plan, right? Because as he does against all the sort of clubs in and around him, he goes there to stifle them, like especially when he goes to stifle the other team from playing and yep. maybe hit them a break. Or he'll always take nil-nil draw like Mourinho would take nil-nil draw with um, Chelsea, nil Joe draws with Tottenham, nil-nil with Man City. That's that's like kind of how he's won the titles in the past is by not losing to the the teams around him and then just battering the teams like um like sort of fifth, fifth sixth, seventh downwards. Um, so against Spurs on Saturday obviously that goal that had like you know happened ridiculously quickly um it, it was almost, it almost like threw his game plan to shit It, it was like well where do we go from here um, yeah. and they conceded the other goal not long afterwards and if you look at the match stats they didn't really they, i mean they didn't really do anything um so a, a very you know a very possibly stupid part of my brain kind of wants us to i mean really would like us to, just to get an early goal because I think if we get in really, early good, we've, we've got a really good chance against them. Um, the, in terms of, in terms of them being like, you know, better than course, the other like a thousand things better than us in terms of playing personnel. But um, what we have got, um, yeah, the Rafa, uh, the Rafa um, Jose thing is is huge. Um, you know, there's a there's a definite rivalry there, and obviously Rafa's done him in incredibly important games in the past. Is the the comment that Rafa's. Wife made against uh, Mourinho in the past about uh, you know them them going up and clearing up Mourinho's messes.
1: There's, there's <laughs> no, I'll stop you there, Norman. You've literally when when you read the special on Sunday morning, <laughs> that's that's one of me one of me bits. I <laughs> will tell you what, I'm, we'll, we'll
2: not we'll not go into that then. Um, it's A little sort of. Um, Prelude to it, so you know, it'll just it'll wet people's appetites reading the special.
1: Mate. One, Aye, yeah, one, which yeah. you can you, you can subscribe to, absolutely free. Um, you'll find a link to it on uh, True Faith. Uk. It's totally free. Loads of mint writers put in just little little snippets for ahead of each game. It's it's class. Please subscribe. Carry on, Norman. What were you saying?
2: Aye, uh, right, so we'll we'll not go, we'll not go into that too much. Um, but the needle obviously, to it. I think obviously the the majority Newcastle fans are well aware of the the history between them, so they. They are probably going to give Rafa a lot of support, but Mourinho a lot of grief. Um, and to get like to go one up against them and to just continuously give Mourinho a grief, I think, would create a great atmosphere. And, and like you, you alluded to, there are many games at home to Man U where the atmosphere is flat. Um, initially, initially it usually starts off quite raucous, and obviously you know there there are times they've battered us in the past, but we've had some brilliant performance against him at home. Even even the McLaren relegation season, that that performance was probably. In many ways, it was in many ways it was one of my, it was McLaren's team's best performance. Um,
1: it was a it fantastic was, game of football. Really enjoyed it, and summed up by Paul Dummett. He
2: had obviously Paul Dummett's um, left foot uh, volley, you know, which was just spectacular. Yeah. But, um, it was it was a brilliant football. In fact, I thought the performance that night was so good by us that it was the first time that I, I thought, you know what, we may we may have a chance at survival. Yeah. Obviously, I was an idiot for thinking that, but. Um, it's you know when you when you put a put a good performance in the end teams like like Man U um, they're the, they the kind of hopes and aspirations that um, that reality had more, more fool me obviously but um, I think you know we're, we're a completely different side now and they're a completely different side um, I mean even in a Van Gaal, it was still pretty hard going on the eye it was a very unusual game in that sense um, but I'm I i do not think you are being unrealistic at all um, if. If we get an early goal, or at least we don't concede early, then and the atmosphere builds up, then the players will be up for it. I mean, as a professional footballer, especially a team coming up from the Championship, um, you have to be up for. You know, like man, you. Um, I mean, what time is it? Quarter past two. Kick off. Yep. So hopefully, you know, there'll be a few drinks would have been had before the match, and you know, I just, I'm just, I'm just hoping for a, a really robust atmosphere and a kind of, you know, what? Let's let's press them a bit. It probably will happen. In the pressing aspect of it, but. You know, Rafa knows what kind of manager Mourinho is, so so who knows? Um, I, either, you, know, you know, I don't think it been on only sick at all. I mean, a draw is definitely not a uh, definitely not a good question, and a win. I mean, a win. Even you know, you look at like, they were poor against Spurs. Obviously, Spurs are a completely different side to us, no doubt about that. But they were poor to the extent where they didn't. They looked clueless after they went one one down, and definitely after they went two down. And then you look at them against um, Huddersfield away. I mean, the loss to Huddersfield away, you know, this this is like, this is a game that we can't win, despite the fact that Manuel are second, this is a game we can win, if, if Huddersfield can beat them at home, if, if Wagner can put out a team to beat Mourinho's side, then we certainly can't, so there's there's no reason to approach the, the, the game with doom and gloom, and there were positives to take from the, um, the Palace game, despite the equaliser and the pressure we were another second off. We're positives and um, I definitely, you're
1: definitely not being, uh, being Daphne. <laughs> right, no, you've got us absolutely convinced, Norman. Before I was 50-50, now we're definitely winning this game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you've, you've absolutely, you've summed up exactly how I think everyone sees her in the Mourinho these days, like, he, he lines up against the top five, like, a team who's in a relegation scrap like us, lines up for every game, and then he just, he, he hopes he's Spent enough money on quality to just win the rest of the games easy as as they often do. Wait, but wait, I
2: think this for a point, right? So you, you look at some of the games this season, but the
1: belted some teams like yeah. Leicester the, the bat at Leicester, um, the bat at Swansea, but
2: it, it was with late late flurries of goals. Um, they've they've done that thing where they've just been like 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 perfunctory, like now they've they been like just a powerful side that grinded it out, even even against us at um at Old Trafford. You know, we took the lead, we controlled the game for the first 30 minutes and the, they didn't, I, I don't think they appealed us to you know, like simply football um, given the players that they've got, that's someone they're that obviously capable of with, with a different manager but they're just big, they just a big strong side and eventually you know, their, their fitness levels and their power um, that's that's what defeated us in the end whereas I don't think the the fitness levels and the power will play into it as much um, in, in, a, in a role match at St. James's and the other thing as well is that hey, as much as we're under pressure to get results, this game to a certain extent, we're not, or not as much pressure as you could say to a certain extent Mourinho is to get a result. Because what? obviously, you know, they, they're not that far ahead in the second. They're not going to catch Man City, but at the same time, they can't, Mourinho can't, can't give the appearance of not catch Man City. You know what I mean? And, and there's a pressure there because they lost against Spurs last week. So I think there, these are other factors that might be at in our hands.
1: Yeah, I, I, don't, I know what you're saying. that. I'll, I'll go back to what you said, though, about us not being under pressure, because one of my questions to you tonight was going to be, Norman, do we need to stop picking up game, uh, points in these games? You know, we've, we've always kind of thought oh, we'll, we'll, if we win games against the teams around, we'll be all right. But actually, we've come so far now where you're looking at the fixture list thinking, actually, we've got Manu at home, we've got Arsenal at home, we've got Chelsea at home. Do we need to be picking up a couple of points out of those games now because there's... There's so few opportunities left to, to get points on the board and to get us to that kind of forty point goal to, of staying up. So I know you're saying we're not under pressure, and you're right, we're not. Uh, they're, they're under pressure, and if, if Mourinho finishes lower than third, like he should lose his job because that's just not good enough for the, the amount of money he spent. But from our right. point of view, I, I think we need to start looking at these games and in kind of yes, it's 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 still a free game, Man United, and if we lose, nobody will be will think it's unreasonable. But I think at some point. We've only got um, a couple of points from the from the top six so far this season, and yes, we've got those teams I've just mentioned to play at home. So we've got we've got a point against Liverpool, and we've got a point again uh, from two games against Man City in terms of goal difference, but that's about it. Um, do we need to pick up a couple more points from these games, Norman? Right,
2: mate. So the, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Of course, right, we need to start. We need we we need to pick up points where we can. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, like if this was like the third or fourth game of the season, you'd be like, oh well, yeah, of course it does. You know, a defeat well in the grand scheme of things, what is it? Yeah, yeah. Right now, a defeat is, you know, it, on, on, in the sense of it being, you know, a, a confidence drain. Obviously, it'll contribute a little bit of that. Also, it puts more pressure on the um, the games that we, you know, in inverted commas, expected to win, i.e. Oh, yeah, Huddersfield, Southampton, West Brom. It puts more pressure on, which you know, which can feel down from the stands if, if, if the fans are nervous, the, the players will be nervous. Um, but I suppose what I mean is, is that yes, there's pressure on to pick up points, and maybe in this game, but we're not expected to. We're not expected to pick up a point, so the expectation levels are are a lot lower, um, and that could play into our hands in the sense that you know, we we as a, uh, as, a as a collective fan base. Um, we're not going to be as kind of nervous as we might be you now against Burnley at home, against Swansea at home, against Huddersfield coming up or whatever. Um, there's, there's, more. There's it'll be more. It'll be a raucous, but I, I think kind of more relaxed. Relaxed might be the might be the wrong word, but it won't be as kind of like a uh, as much of a pressure cooker as it might be if it was Huddersfield at home this weekend. Yeah. You see what I mean? So I'm, I'm just hoping that that's that's how it pans out, and that, that plays in our hands. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm I'm, I'm confident
1: we'll pick up a point. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think I think you've just kind of hit why I think this sort of game is important. Um, and again, I'll not, I'll not be gutted if we lose. Obviously, it's Man U—they've got 500 million pounds of the player. But if we could get something here, it means that those games against Huddersfield, Southampton, West Brom aren't, aren't the kind of six-pointers that e- every time we've come up to one of those fixtures, it's been off the back of a bad run. And kind of we came up to Burnley the other night, and it's like we'll have to win here, and the pressure's on so much. And I think that, that still seems to frighten our players because we've got the youngest squad in the league. And, you know, when when they're faced with a game against Burnley, who are a top-half team, and they're much better than we are, as were Crystal Palace the other day, and they're coming up against these teams under so much pressure, and I think they're capable, they know they can do it, but as we've seen both times, 1-0 up, and then we'll get under a bit of pressure, and then, a, you know, a slobby goal or a penalty's given away, and then we'll, we'll fall to bits. And I think if we could just get something on the board against, like, a Man U or an Arsenal, it, it kind of changes the mindset on these kind of games, and then we're going to Huddersfield saying, right, right the pressure's not on as much we've just took something off arsenal we've just took something off man u and so i'd really like to see us get something out of one of these games just to kind of set one away and not have this kind of lose all these matches and then come up to huddersfield at home desperate for three points yeah
2: i agree i mean i i agree um, i think that uh, a point against man u and a point of three away to bournemouth would just be i mean they would they would set us up unbelievably well for the rest of the season um and uh, the, the other thing as well is I think you said before the magical 40-point mark, I, I think Mickey mentioned it a couple of times the other night, I don't think there'll be 40 points this season because it's so incredibly tight from what, like ninth downwards. Um, I reckon 36 points will probably be, be enough this season. So what are we on at the moment? 26? 26, 26 points? Um, you know, the the, the the three wins, you, you, think, you can't of think, oh, yeah, Huddersfield's got to be, Southampton's got to be, West it has got to be. Um, and I, not, not, not picking up points in other games, Bournemouth away perhaps, um then you know, Arsenal at home, then yeah, the, the the pressure is massive in those games. But again, I just um I just think strangely enough, you know, like the the Stoke and the West Ham matches away. We I think like, I went I went to both those games and I, I went there not, not expecting them to win. Like and I think like the the away fans that I was amongst, the, the, that expectation was similar and and it almost played into my hands, and we produced a really good performance. Um, and I think again against, against Manu, there weren't well, that many of us expecting to win. Um, and I think that'll that'll really give the, uh, the the players a kind of a good a good sense a good sense of like um, I don't know, togetherness on the pitch. I've got a real I've got a good feeling about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. We'll speak on Monday or Tuesday, and I'll probably be in the depths of despair. But right now, I'm, there's just a I, there's a bit of optimism coursing through me, against
1: Sorry, that's the dog. <laughs> no, not a problem at all. One. Um, I um, yeah, I, I just think we need we need something to kind of to give the home crowd a bit of a break as well. We haven't won since October. A point against Man U. Would, that's another thing that it's getting harder and harder to play at home because there's that expectation of we've we've, we've been poor, we've been really poor at home, and the results haven't been good enough. And you're always going to have a section of that crowd because there's so many people. Who who just demand something demand better regardless of kind of the context of what's been happening. So we just we just need something. We need a break here, and we need it sooner rather than later. So Sunday's the day. Sunday's the day we're gonna get something, and it's do gonna. Have,
2: do you? You know you, said, you know we've been really poor at home. I mean obviously in terms of um, points we have been poor. Um, there's no doubt about that. But the like the last two home performances against Burnley and Swansea, you know. what I suppose the argument, you could make an argument, right? If it fully fits Lamani, he was a goal scorer, you know. and hasn't moved at Leicester, whatever. But he is, um, you know. And this is a kid who, like, a season and a half ago cost Leicester nearly 30 million um, with with like a clinical finish on the side. I think Swansea and Burnley, like, we would have. If we'd gone to look up neither of those games, which is, which was quite feasible given how much of the ball we had, no much how many chances we created in the, in the first half. Um, if we'd gone to them both those games, it would have been would have been victories, and we'd be talking about, like, you know a really improving home record and getting those vital wins and we've just like we just haven't had the rub of the green in front of the goal have we and, and I think we haven't had the rub of the green but also you know when you've got a quality centre forward in there like that sometimes you don't necessarily need the rub of the green you've just got a clinical finish in anyway. it doesn't you know it doesn't kind of need like four or five chances to put the ball in the net
1: I agree I mean what where we've gone wrong the last few games is that second goal second goal would have won both those as matches as last and week Palace. and Palace away yeah so yeah two, the two games last week and yeah so I mean, you've you've brought you've you've mentioned Slomani there, so I think we'll move on to the team because uh, for once we've got options, we've got we've got plenty to choose from. And um, some some lads at work play play um, a kind of predictions league every week, not a not a match predictions, but predicting Rafa's lineup. And I think the highest score all season has been nine players, because there's always one or two in there you're just not expecting. But we're going to try it anyway. Um, obviously, you've mentioned Slomani. If he's fit to play, I think we both know he's got to go in the team because he's a 30 million pound striker and he's just obviously better than what we've got. Um I like Dwight Gale, but his goal ratio this season's been poor. Hoslu, I've got nothing against the lad. His finishing's not been up there and he's he's grafted like no one else this season to an extent but for the same reason I think he needs a break and I, I don't I, I don't think um I think Mickey mentioned last week that he thought Hoselu had been hung out to dry I, and I don't think that's fair. I think he just he, he needs he needs he needs a break and especially at home he's played pretty much every game. Uh, so slamani has got to go straight in for me, but from there we'll work we'll work backwards. Who would you like to see? I mean, first of all, formation. Do you think it's because it's Manu as as at Chelsea? Do you think we'll play three at the back?
2: In a home game, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be slightly surprised. I think it might be the, the kind of 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one formation that we used to. Um, on the Slamani ish. Uh, he's, he's been out for a while um, I think it's, it might be unlikely that he starts he don't know I mean Rafa does throw surprises in there's part of me thinks that like you know if it's, a relative, if it's quite a tight game and it gets to like the 55th 60th minute and he can bring, and he's brought off the bench I just think that'll give like an absolutely fucking huge lift to the crowd you know like you know there's certain points in the match where you just need like something to just kick it all off again I think because obviously you know we was so desperate to see like a uh, like a real centre forward up there, you know, like a real quality centre forward, which which Slaveni is, I'm I'm sure of it, you know. Um, I think bringing him off the bench would be like a, it'd almost be like a kind of injection of energy, like you know, like in the sort of 55th, 60th minute of the match. Um, but as you mentioned, given you know how um, scarce our centre forwards' goals are, if you can if you can start and then getting like, a first half out of him, which makes a difference in the overall um whole, whole of the match, then nah, I there's there's an argument for that as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, if we could get the first goal, it could be huge here, so we want to give ourselves the best chance. If Slimani can play 60 minutes, I'd rather he's on from the start, but I I, I also see the, the the point you're making, where, which would probably point towards Hossalu, whereas if you can do 50 minutes of donkey work, keep ourselves in the game, and bring Slimani on, that's another option. So it'll be interesting to see no, which...
2: No, no, get...
1: Say that again, sorry, Norman. Like, so,
2: like, if Slimani doesn't start, you'd rather Hossalu than Gale
3: in there.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think at home he's been absolutely fine, and he gives us something. He gives us an outlet. Whereas if, if we're under the cosh, um, as we're you know more than likely could be for periods in the first half, Gail doesn't hang on to the ball enough. At least the the ball sticks to Hoss. you can win it in wow. the air. And I think now that we've got Kennedy, and I'd probably like to see Murphy as well. I mean, we've got wow. we've got we've got options for pace and and something to have a go at them. No matter how deep we end up, so in that sense, I'd probably rather have Hasseluu because he, he kind of adds balance to that. Gail, would you find him? um, I th- I mean Perez, Perez has been classed the last two games.
2: Ah, I agree. You got, I, mean, I read a theory again, again social media is as a barometer for how you know what, what people really think. Um, you know if you read like ten screaming opinions on social media and two positive ones. You're automatically assuming that like, you know, ninety two percent of their uh, opinions them are negative. And there were a few kind of comments about him being relatively ineffective against Palace, but again, it was one of those where, you know, he did he did do kind of what what ultimately is in there for, which is to just run, you know, run sort of left to right and just graft his arse off and, and that's that's kind of what he does. Um and obviously what it's meant as well is that Big Moore's moved into the centre midfield where, yeah. where where he's been a revelation.
1: He has. I mean, for me, for me, what Perez does well, the first half against Palace, we were good, we were the better team, and he's whenever we have a chance, he's involved. But also, he's the only player in the team at the minute who can win a free kick in, in their half. Like, it's really important to do that, because when when we're under the pressure, having a free kick 40 yards from their goal... Apart from the fact that we're actually very good from set pieces at the minute, and we're scoring a lot of goals, I think we've scored like a third of our goals from set pieces this season. I think, we've
2: scored more. I think we've scored
1: more than anyone else in the Premier League from corners this season. Yeah, so I think something like 35% of our goals have come from set pieces. So apart from anything else, that's very important. But, you know, to, to, especially against a team like Manu, you need that respite, you need to, to win a free kick to get to get taken out. Perez is quick enough with his feet to just do that, to give her that outlet. So I think Raf will definitely pick him at number 10. Um, Kennedy has to start I'd, I'd like to see him Complete a game I know uh, I know he's hauled off Quite early against Palace Which wears some eyebrows But I think Dodds put it on uh, the podcast He must have He's not played much football He must have just been Protecting him Which is which is fair enough um, It was a shame Because once he went off We well, didn't really have any Attack and threat from that point But For the same reason I hope that kept, that's kept him fit For this well, one and anything, even, how, how good is it to see A, a genuinely quick Skillful
2: winger, well, like raw talent, you know, like talent that still needs honing. and yeah. It's dead exciting, isn't it? Like it, it's dead exciting to see a player like that. Like it, it, it feels like, it just feels like a long time since, since we've seen a player who, um, who just like, there's just, there's just like a buzz of anticipation when he gets the ball or when he, when he pegs it up the line. You know what I mean? You know what? Jacob Murphy, to a certain extent, has got the potential to be like that as well. He's really coming, his own this, um, this sort of last few months, and um, he's a. He's a good option from the bench. I mean, on, that, that's a, that, that's a question there, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: left and right midfielders slash wingers. Who would you go for? You got Kennedy on the left. Where would you put on the right? Well, it's for, so I think we'll play three at the back because we did against Man City and we did against Chelsea. And I think it's just, I think that's what Ralph will do to keep winning the game because we've now got the option of Kennedy. I think that puts Yedlin on the right because of his pace, uh-huh, yeah. or Manquio It could be Man-Kio. Um and I just think Richie, I, he, he, I thought he played well first half last week, but he faded out the game again. And to be honest, he just hasn't he hasn't played well for a while. And I, I loved him last season, and I don't want to give up on him. But uh, um, you've mentioned Murphy. He's If we'll play four four one one or four five one or whatever you want to call it, he's yeah. definitely my choice for the right wing. Because I think with him and Kennedy on both wings, that gives Manu a lot to think about. And it doesn't I'm... really matter who's up front. You could put Gale up front. You could put Hoslu, You could hopefully put Slimani. They've suddenly got... We've got a threat, and I think we just haven't had enough threat this season. I think Christian Atsu, I've been quite critical in the last few weeks, but I think he's been burnt out this season because we spent the first run up to, up to Christmas where he was our only attacking and threat, and we're just pinging the ball out of the left wing, and, and it's just so easy to defend against that he's he's probably lost a bit of confidence because he's just constantly being dispossessed, constantly being muscled off the ball because they just put two on him, and I think now we've got we've got options we've got an attack and threat on both wings and it gives us that balance that Rafa always talks about yeah. so i think as you've mentioned the the raw skill of of Kennedy and that kind of talent it's it's i'm really excited to see more of it and as you say Murphy's shown shown that as well in the last few months so i'd like to see them both just 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 in and even as part of a 532 uh, cuz i think i think we're going to we're going to do the usual we're going to we're going to keep it tight maybe he's trying to get an early goal maybe he's have a little bit of a go at them but at the end of the day, it'll be about staying in the game because we did it at um, Old Trafford, and then we got we got a hammering. So this time it'll be more about staying in the match and and keeping it tight. But with that kind of attack, you know, w- w- there's always a chance to, to go at the other end and, and nick won. I I, I agree. Yeah, uh, and yeah,
2: you're right. I'm having the having the pace is just it, it's just, it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant having that kind of pace on the uh, on the pitch. Um, in terms of the the centre mid. Um, I mean, I think, um, I think, I think Shelby was, was, was decent on, um, on Sunday. Um, and I think Shelby and the army are actually, uh, starting to build up like quite a, quite the decent understanding. I mean, the amount of,
3: amount of donkey work that the army is doing is, is just fucking phenomenal at the
1: moment. Um, he's been a revelation.
2: I, it, it really, it really has. Like, um, I'm, I'm like, I'm just... This is—I mean—it's incredible to even see this, but I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing him play again this this weekend to see how he gets on because his confidence is absolutely through the roof, you know. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I would. Would you would you go with the combo of Shelby and Diarmi?
1: Absolutely, no. You're right. The last two games have been un, un, unreal, and uh, you know, Hayden's Hayden's had a quiet season. He's he's still young. He's got a lot to learn, and he's struggled in some of the big games. Marino, were... we're I still love him. I still think. I still think he's he's class, but he's he's another one who's he's he's just a young lad and he's got a lot to learn about the Premier League. And you know, I think early doors he was getting a lot of time and space, and 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 he's people aren't giving him that anymore because they know what he can do. So he's finding it a little bit more difficult. So I uh, Shelby Shelby and Diarmé are experienced. They're the the right ones to have in at the time, especially as I've mentioned with such a young squad. They're probably two of the most senior players, two of the most Premier League experienced players. So. They have to be in there, and they've absolutely earned the right to be there in the, in the last few games. So, and again, so said, so if,
2: if we go for the if we go for the three three centre halves, you you who are you looking at? You're looking at Clark, Lascelles, and Dummett on the left hand side of that three that three centre half. Um, uh, I was gonna say a three centre half pair in there. That's pretty good news. Yeah, Trio.
1: yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think I think he you will. You put Dummett back there. Clark might be injured, so um, if that happens, we might see. Well, we'll probably see him Bember, if not Lejeune, it might be time to give him another run out, with LaSalle's obviously at the, the heart of it. So, I think mean, there's options again, isn't there? It's it's, it's nice uh, for once for once we've got options in all positions and and a couple of different formations we can do, which I think I think Rafa unfairly got accused of being kind of one dimensional early in the season. It was the same formation, pretty much the same lineup with the odd variant for for months on end, but we didn't have anything. And it's funny what buying a left winger. Buying another striker and even a keeper, we've got a we've got a bit of competition for Darla and I thought he was class last game. But you know, it's 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 all it just a couple of players makes all the difference, and suddenly we've got options and we've got the chance to to go into a game where the other team don't know what we're going to do. Whereas I think we became very predictable, and that's why we kind of just haven't been able to get a break. I'll
2: tell you what, right? I I mean, like I haven't i have not a drink for four days, right? Which I know doesn't sound long, but it's yeah, it's, it's it's long in the grand scheme of things. Um <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but I think like there's these like hideous amounts of optimism. I don't know where they're coming from because I was thinking about this earlier on and I thought right, look at Sunday at Palace, right? I thought Yedlin and Dummett were really good. I think Dummett's been really good since he come he, um, since he came back from, from injury. Um Yedlin and I, as I say, did did really well um counting the threat as a on on uh, on Sunday. And then you can think, all right, then right? maybe Slimani up front, all of the wingers, right? You've got like uh, possibly Murphy and Kennedy, um, and then you think, well, you know what, Shelby and army are working well against in the centre midfield. And then you're thinking, oh, the back, the you know, the is is a decent player, like he really is. And then you start thinking, you know what, like the team, like it's it's our, you know, like it's it's strong enough, it's strong enough to get the points to survive in this division. When you when you compare our team to now, like the sort of teams in the bottom five and six around us, you know, we're not. We're not miles away. We're not, that, we're not away from them, which is it's testament to to Benitez's skills on operating on such a, a tight um, managed budget to actually to yeah. have create to have gradually created this this squad, which is is all right, you know. But it, it does give me it does give me hope for the rest of the season.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I was looking at the table before. I mean, realistically, I think there's three, maybe four teams that I think we're better than. And place. Right. We're better than West Brom. We're better than Huddersfield. I would say we're better than Brighton. I know they're still above it at the minute, but we're better than Brighton. I think we're better than Swansea, but they're they're running away at the minute. I don't know what the hell Hall's I don't understand it. I, I can't get my head around it, but just... that'll, that'll pop. that like I reckon. I really do reckon that'll pop like with,
3: uh, with like, it's I think they've had like that, they've had that like classic cliched
2: like new manager boost. I think that I think Swansea just been so poorly managed for the last sort of two to three seasons. Like you know. Um, uh, Grealine, Clement came in and did like a really good kind of um, you know a firefighting job, but he's 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 a classic kind of assistant manager, isn't he? He's been a good assistant manager all of his life, and he's had a couple of jobs and haven't worked out. Um, I just think that um, I think you've got like a Swansea squad there who i like just had like a, an almost a release of, of playing for like a proper manager, and I think I genuinely think of physical because I don't think they're that, that particularly strong. Um, I mean, I'm hoping this in any ways. And then you look at West Brom, and I think I mentioned this on the, the pod the other day, they played like, their match at the weekend against their Southampton, I think it was the centre midfield was Gareth Barry and Claudio Yadda, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Are you, I mean, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have either of those two in your side, would you? Even Barry, for all of his experience, and the fact that we lack experience, a 37-year-old Gareth Barry, like, I, I wouldn't be happy with him playing centre midfield for us now, would you?
1: No, obviously not.
2: There you go. So, uh, I'm, I am... I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, you know what I mean. This optimism I'm feeling right now, like it's, uh, you know, it's probably going to backfire,
1: but fucking, I'm going to enjoy it as you are. Yeah, I, I can't get my head around it because honestly, after, after Burnley and Crystal Palace, I don't think I've ever felt so gutted, because those, those are well, at least first half against Palace and pretty much the whole Burnley game. I thought they were, they were two best performances so far, um, or at least, at least for a long time because we, we had a really bad run obviously before Christmas and. We've suddenly we've suddenly got um, five. We've only lost one game in six at Man City, and you, you realise actually that we're, we're doing all right and we're, we're we we to be turning it round. And um, while I felt good at on Sunday, somehow this week I've kind of looked taken things into perspective. And you look at the team we've got and you think, aye, I, you know what? Why not? Man, you it starts here. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be uh, safe by by April. Or well, you
2: know what, mate, the how how feel after the match. how good you know, Burnley Room, like you know, one 0 up, end up Joe wants each other the equalizer, Palace away, one 0 up. Hey, given the points that we've got in the 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 relegation battle in, of course it's gonna be good afterwards. You know, it is gonna feel like the world's end because like these are these are games that we've gonna go up in and we've, we have not been as defender leading, we've we've dropped the but you know, we've dropped the points, you know, and of course it's good, but then you see a couple of days of reflection like, well, hold on, you know, like, Palace, of course, you would have taken a point against Palace. Okay? Um, Burnley match, of course, you won the three points, but it was kind of... We un- either
1: got, got un-equalised or really laid on maybe We, we had, could have them buried. Yeah. Um, and and both, both...
2: And then you think, wait,
1: Matt. do you want Sorry, both of them are better than us. Burnley are better than us. They're in the top... The, uh, the seventh? Top seven. Uh, and Palace, there's so many of those players you would have in our team, so... I know in the context of the season we needed to start picking up points, and these were the games we kind of thought, right, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get four, maybe, maybe six points, and we haven't. But it was so important not to lose those games. Obviously, we haven't given Palace three points, which is, which is important. And we've just, as, as we keep saying, we're matching these teams. These teams are better than us. They've got better football players than us. They've got more money than us, or they've got, they spent more money than us, and yet we're still matching them. I know we've got Rafa. It's just like it's going to give eventually. And we've got all our players fit again. We've got. We've got Kennedy through the door. We've got Slamani ready to go on Sunday. It starts now. It starts fucking now, Norman.
2: Well, that, that's, well that's it. That's another thing. You see, this is they, there's obviously another reason why the optimism is. This is fucking Man United at home. They, you know, regardless of the fact that Mourinho is an absolute ball bag, um, you know, they, they, it's always a massive because Man U, you, uh, you know, the they one of the one of the world's most famous clubs. It's always always a big game, and, and we're going to this match with you know, with the kind of nervous excitement of the fact that we're in a relegation battle, and also, we're going to this match, you know, John Carver's not a manager, Alan Pardew, post-2013 isn't a manager, you know, McLaren's not our manager, we're going to this match against Mourinho with Rafa as the manager, so there's just more more reason for optimism, you know, it's, it's almost like, it almost feels like, you know what, I should be optimistic, of course I should be, and um, let's just hope that, you know, Again, I'm not um, in the fetal position on the set at five o'clock on a on a Sunday, crying into <laughs> crying into a bucket of
1: um, diamond white cider. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I, there's no reason to be. If we don't win this game, it's it's still not over. Like we have never been in the relegation zone. I I, I think we'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, optimism, absolutely. Um, I mean, Jose Mourinho's never won at at St James's Park, and Rafa hates him. There's no way he'd let that that uh, that record be broken. No chance. And Same. um
2: Jose Mourinho thing. Are we talking about Jose Mourinho hasn't won in the league at St James's Park? Uh,
1: we must be because I think you're going to correct me, are you?
2: <laughs> well, and I mentioned this to Alex this morning, but he basically doesn't see a defeat because we lost against him in I think November 2004 in the League Cup when Souness was manager, two-nil at home, League Cup fourth round, I think. Um, they got two goals in extra time, I think. Johnson uh, scored one of them, so that was a Mourinho
1: victory, but it wasn't in the league. And it was after 90 minutes, so should we just say well, he still hasn't won at St. James's? Yeah, and I'm going to have to edit that out of the podcast because it ruins my point. <laughs> 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 no. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a League Cup, extra time, doesn't count. In normal time, he's not won here. And, and to Rafa, that'll be important. Not, not right. wanting to be the first one to lose to, to Jose in the league here. Um, It'll mean a lot to him. And you know what? Every time he's been up here with Chelsea, with Man U, obviously coming... It, it's 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 a big game. It's it's the atmosphere at Saint James's is class for these matches. Remember Sacerco smashing Ashley Cole. Like it just it's got the potential to be one of those occasions. And we've got Kennedy there. We're just I'm excited. I'm excited Norman. I can't wait. And I think it all starts here. We'll get a result and then we'll breeze back to safety. Well yeah. So I think we'll leave it there because otherwise we'll we'll talk ourselves out of it again. So that's the match preview for for Man United. Thank you very much, Norman Riley. However, don't go just yet. We've got Dodgy coming on uh, any second now to give us hot off the press from the Rafa Benitez podcast with the Times. So here he comes. Dogger, can you hear me? I can hear you, sir. Right. Uh, do you want to tell the listeners where you've been and what, and what the crack has been tonight?
4: Yes, I've been at the Timeside Cinema watching the game, uh, which is the Times Football Podcast Live, hosted by Alison Rudd of the Times with George Colgan, the very excellent George Colgan, and uh, Oliver Kaye from the Times. But, of course, the main event, the reason why I think a lot of people were there, was uh, Rafa Benitez was on the panel for the night.
1: Uh, class, I mean, what was the theme of the night? Were they talking about transfers? Were they talking about the rest of the season? What were, I presumably... Um, the takeover was off the cards, so. Yeah, I noticed. Um, I noticed Wendy
4: Taylor from the club was there, but I mean, she's she's very close to Rapper, and it may not have been the club keeping an eye on, but it definitely wasn't anything you wouldn't expect to hear. Um, I mean, the theme of the night was a general, you know, the a very good host. Uh, asked some very good questions of the panel, in particular. It was uh, you know, George was brilliant as usual. Um, Oliver K was very good as well, but it was it was very much a Q and A with Rapper Benitez. <laughs> um. I did expect with having such a man of, of his stand on the stage and I suppose from a, there was all sorts of absolutely like really brilliant anecdotes, Rafa is a really funny bloke, I mean it's quite hard, So I mean you know ourselves from the recent press from how hard it is just to make people laugh on the stage with me and you both fail viscerally, um, <laughs> Rafa Vinita just had the room in his hand, he's a really really funny bloke with loads of brilliant stories and um, that came across really nice and um, on a non Newcastle perspective, before we get into Newcastle, he told an absolutely brilliant one of, his, one of his answers was so good. Um, he was asked by a lad in the audience um, if his house was burning down, was on fire, and he had to rescue one of his trophies, which would it be? Good, good question. Um, you are a brilliant answer and said everyone concentrates on the trophies and thinks about trophies, but promotions are actually, to him, far more important and far more, you know, he attaches a lot more of them. You know, feeling towards them, and he talked about getting promoted with Tenerife um, to La Liga, you know, when his rivals for promotion were Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, be Real Betis, a couple of others. So that was a great, that was kind of a, a brilliant answer, I thought, and it was so interesting how he, you know, we talked about Istanbul, he got asked about Istanbul. I kind of felt like it was very interesting, went through the motions a little bit on that one, because he's been asked about it so many times before, and he alluded to that too, and the stories we've been told a hundred times, probably not to any cast audience, but um, it was so interesting to hear and talk about getting promoted with those clubs his early his playing career his early management career and is the differences between managing in Spain England and um, Italy was absolutely fantastic on that I mean I think it'll be released to the podcast I'm not sure not often you'll hear us uh, on the Truth Faith podcast advertising of the podcast but really you've got to go and listen to the game I mean it's a good football podcast anyway if you're looking for a, a number two behind Truth Bay podcast but um, yeah definitely recommend you go back and listen to that because he's absolutely fucking brilliant on it. Do you want me to go to Newcastle stuff?
1: <laughs> yeah, crack on. I mean, I wasn't there, so you just <laughs> tell the story.
4: Aye. So, I mean, it's um, very much stuff people have expected to hear before. So a couple of insights from the weekend, actually. Uh, it was almost uh, like you had our like table bugged at the pub in Croydon because uh, he goes, Rafa's talking about the criticism he gets from, from fans, and obviously, you know, you only get that if Newcastle, if Newcastle win 1 0 against Crystal Palace. No one says, why did he take Kennedy off? No one says, why did he take Mo D'Army off? Modi was injured, as we kind of thought, so I'm limping. Um, you know, no one says, why wasn't Hosselu playing? You've dropped Hosselu, it's ridiculous, and Hosselu had a virus, as I explained afterwards. And he was talking about the decision that he makes. And one of the differences in Newcastle, because we're not winning as many games as he would at other clubs, he is questioned more and more, and more and as a result. He doesn't worry about that, but he kind of explained that. He thinks things through very carefully and he goes back and looks back in retrospect because you know, you beat, you beat Burnley one nil no one talks about bringing Kennedy up uh, or Hossalu taking a penalty, um, I mean we might, we might, that was such a bad pen, we might have talked about that but um, <laughs> you know because we can't see we the goal and with five minutes to go, everyone looks back at every decision and everyone's looking for answers and why didn't this work and why didn't this work and that's something that's kind of new for him at this stage of his career in terms of you know, every single tiny decision that him as the manager makes been so uh, critic- not not critic- not even criticised. He wasn't complaining.
1: Go on, sorry, we lost you for a second there. Oh, I'm back. Um, <laughs> uh, so you know, he, he gave
3: that um, he gave that that, that crucial uh, message about the
4: fans staying behind the team, which everyone listening to me now has listened to him say and He, he ran the home and said, "I'm going to keep saying it." He said "This is a nice thing for him to say." He said the fans being behind the team and being vocal, not getting on the team's back, it's the difference between a win and a loss in some games. It's so important that players I mean he didn't allude to them by name, but players like Christine Atsu, Kennedy, Jacob Murphy try things again if they don't come off first time in regards to beating a man or John Drew Shelby tries a pass or Mojiame, you know, tries any of the numerous brilliant things that he does every single week. If there's a big moan or a groan, or you know, a preacher in the converted here, people listening to this podcast know the crack, but he's, he's saying that he went in a bit more detail tonight and said, like, and, and he said the words, it's the, the fans can make a difference. You get all these people who say, oh, you know, there's no, you know, singing or getting behind the team or all this or that. It doesn't make a difference. Well, it does. The bloke is on stage speaking to a load of strangers, saying it does make a difference. And obviously, it's the kind of stuff that we, he told us on a regular basis last season. Um, if he he rounded that point home tonight, which which is kind of un, unsurprising, as I'm sure everyone uh, you know everyone would have ever expected that. Um, he, he kind of did that thing where he asked the audience about the big difference between the first and the second half against Palace was that Wilfred Zaha played as a, as a striker in a 4-4-2 alongside Christian Benteke in the first half, um, whereas Zaha moved out onto the left wing to directly run it on um, DeAndre Yedlin, which is you know obviously he, he knows what he's talking about. Um, and that, that was the major change in the second half. And I think back to some of the people as I was walking out of the ground at Palace, saying, fucking shite, second half, fucking bottled it, all that kind of stuff. And actually, you know, he was he saying was there, you know, rapper saying, that's a really, really good, that was a really good move, fair play to Palace. Put us under pressure. Um, because the hall went out wide, James McArthur was able to move into a number 10 position, kind of, and, and there was a lot of space there. And we, we therefore, were unable, because McArthur was in that position, to build from the back like we have been, were unable to... Move up the pitch, kind of in phases, passing slowly, that kind of thing, creating space. And we we'll had to rely on the counter attack. And like we said in the podcast on Monday, we we'll had to rely on the counter attack in the second half. And we'll, we we'll fucked it up. But we shouldn't have fucked it up. We should have scored on at least one occasion. So it, it's kind of fine margins like that he was talking about, and it was very, that was fascinating. And fair play to the lad who, uh, you know, he asked the crowd uh, what what was the difference on Saturday and Laporte handling, and answered that one. So that was really impressive by him. Um, and he, he kind of it was it was kind of like a little victory for the things we've been talking about and Newcastle fans have been talking about recently. He didn't he didn't call the team naive as I've done constantly this season, but he talked about the problems that we've got in terms of lack of experience, and players not going down at the right time, players not knowing when to time waste, kick the ball away. And we we've talked about that constantly this season, and he's kind of probably the first time on the first time on, on that I've seen talked about that, and that's the difference between, for example, formless players. You know, some of their players, yeah, Harry, Orton is a good player, or, yeah, Cooks or stuff like that, even Sydney Castle fans might not want to sign those type of players, whereas Rashford would love those lads in our team because Premier League experience is everything, and if you don't have it, you can't manufacture it. It's not something you can create, and that's something the team seriously lacked this season, and he's, he's spot on. We, 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 you know, obviously, we're not the only people who notice it. Loads of other people listening will notice it, and other fans. It's a, it's a real, we're such an inexperienced and youthful side at this level that we're kind of and it almost goes back to the point you made earlier that um, that's why the support is so important and staying behind the line. Yeah. Um, I mean, talked so... about the second goal a lot, which you know I was saying on the podcast on Monday. Um,
3: second goal, second goal. He said getting the second goals
4: a real problem for the team, and he even said his family in Spain. This is one for Bollins who's not listening, uh, who's not on now. hopefully he's listening. Um, you know, He's saying, people say to him, Spain, why do we drop so deep after we score a goal? You know, it's a frustration for the Castle fans. Why do we, when we score a goal, do we not push for the second goal? He's like, again, he's like, that's not the plan. <laughs> it's genuinely not the plan. It's like last season when we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, the other team will react and they'll press and they'll push up the pitch. And you, you've got, you know, we'll get pushed deeper and Rafa will try and get the lads up the pitch and push higher and stop dropping deep. But... When you defend in the league, it's purely a mental and experience-based thing. There's a reason our lads, against Burnley and against Palace, there's a reason we can get the first goal, no problem, and we we just don't have that final bit of experience and quality. Hence the counter-attacks at Palace, when Kennedy fucks it up, and Kennedy took fantastic things for it. As we said, a little bit more experience. He's played 100 Premier League games there. we will probably score that goal. So that's just one of the, uh, you know, I mean, it it was a really
1: fascinating night and a great insight from him. Cracking, yeah, I'm jealous you were there. I mean, it's it's quite reassuring because Norman and I've just been talking about the experience thing and and why Shelby and Diame are actually working so well last few games as our midfield because they are, albeit still quite young, uh, Shelby certainly, uh, our most experienced two players at the minute certainly in terms of Premier League games and it, and it's working and I think that's why Perez will keep getting the game because he's that player who can win a free kick in the opposition half and. Kind of, he's got he's got a bit more analysis about him, and, and you're right. The rest of the team have got a lot more to learn, and he's been saying that in the press this week. And I'm sure he said the same again tonight. Was says we have still got a lot to learn as a team, and I, you can see it, it's happening every week. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we we we'll, we'll pick up on, and yeah, I just yeah, it's it's fa- always fascinating to hear from from Rafa, obviously, but it's it's just reassuring that what every week when you when you're asking yourself questions, when you're asking your mates questions, he's always got an answer, and it always makes perfect sense as well.
4: There was one thing which is a little bit disappointing from one of the people in the crowd. Rafa explained he was asked a question by George Allison. You know, this phrase that he uses famously, football is a lie, and what does he mean? And he basically says, you know, everyone turns to the press conference and we do the post-game interviews and everyone says that, you know, the interviewers, Jeff, fucking, and etc., will stand in and say, blah, 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 what happened? And you kind of tell them the truth. You can't tell the whole truth. You can't. It's nonsensical. It's the same in any sport. You can't sit there and say, oh, Rafa, what happened in the second half? But you kind of say, well, the players... The players are too expe- like inexperienced to play in the Premier League at this level. We're just glad for a point. He can't, you know, he can't say, why are you not playing this this, or this player? And he can't go because I had a fucking shy week in training. They turn up 20 minutes late. You just can't say those things. Yeah. So he goes through all of that. And then the lad, lad, Alisson goes, we've got time for one last question, so make it a good one. She goes, the, the bloke's had his, his hand up for longer than anyone else. And the bloke goes, me and my mates can't get our head round. We'll have an international Serbian striker who would do great things in this team. Like, what's he doing at Fulham? Do you know what I mean? They're just like, so, it's like, he's just fucking explaining it. I can't tell you. You know what I mean? Like? Yeah. It's a ridiculous question. A proven international goal scorer, That's another conversation I mean, another day, which we've already had. Well, my, my, but
1: just, like, how? I it. Why, why did someone just turn around and not like put the question back to him and say, Yeah, you've got a Serbian international striker. What's he doing at Fulham? Like, you can ask uh, him the same question. I'm, it's ridiculous. And I, why, am I why
4: are Man United buying? They will not go into it now, but yeah. you know. And Rafa gave a great answer. He said he's a good lad. Um, he said he, he speaks to him regularly. He got discipline problems, you know. New, like newsflash, mate. Like yeah. if you've seen the blog, um, and obviously that, that in the lad who was picked and he's talking, he's talking about hospital and Faiq are doing well. They're doing the things he asked for. And because we don't have, very rarely do I have more than 50% possession in a game. We rely on the counter attack. And obviously he's no good for that. And he said, "Listen, Alexander Mitrovic, you get the balls in the box. You attack constantly. they will score you a boatload of goals." And Rafa wants nothing more than to fire full the promotion to be the top scorer for Serbia at the World Cup and come back next season a better player for us. When hopefully we're still in the Premier League and we're a better team. Um, so that was a very good answer
1: by Rafa, and you can't disagree. But <laughs> I just thought like, that. Interesting. Interesting that come. Sorry. Interestingly that comes just after uh, football is a lie. But
4: <laughs> uh, I'd have, I'd love to ask loads of questions that panel night but I didn't put my hand up because we've, we've had our chance. Yeah. Once in a lifetime chance is a podcast speaking to him. So that uh, you know, and, and I just thought ask my fucking Mitrovic, Rich mate, like how I we would like Got some money? Do you know what I mean? Like why why why? It's just it was so frustrating to hear that question. But Rafa did such a good job of um of batting it away with a straight back. One other thing I wanna highlight, he made a really good point actually, and something that I don't think Norman might have touched on this earlier in the season. Um, he says that you know when you know when Huddersfield and Brighton win a game, it's massive. It's like it's new. The Premier League is new to their fans when the you know winning a game and getting a point is such such a massive thing for them to win a game in the Premier League. And it's class for us. We go nuts. I'm sure everyone listening goes absolutely tits when we win. We hardly ever win. Um, it's class, but it's like it's just a little bit different because there's, there's that expectation here that's we finish 17th this season, there'll be no, no, there wouldn't be because we're not dicks. but there'll be no pitch invasion. Brighton will have the scarves out, just like, promote, you know, Huddersfield will put a new drum in the ground. Um, like, it's just is such a big thing to those clubs, whereas we're kind of in the fan base. And right, and us, I mean you've got us at the start of the season talking about 40, 46, uh, 46 48 points. People have uh, expected, expect, would to stay up, particularly with Rafa as the manager. And we, you know where you did the, uh, the video yesterday? I hope everyone's watched the video. I'll put a link. In the description, you decide making did a great video yesterday about Newcastle's survival prospects and where we'll say, We'll definitely stay up. we will stay, up. we only need twelve points in the last twelve games and whereas Huddersfield and Brighton are thinking, you know what, if we if we go down it's been some fucking blast. they one at Newcastle for, for so many reasons, it's saying like, Well, if we go down we'll have a good season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like that's been quite hard for the players in comparison to Brighton's place. There's a lot less pressure. On those sides. I mean, obviously, you've got the takeover and all that kind of stuff, but he didn't talk about that quite clearly. Um, you know, one thing he did kind of say, to get, you know, one thing he said, listen, I'm not going to. He got, might have been asked a question about it, and he said, people keep expecting me to criticise the club. Um, I'm not going to do it. The club, you went, I've told the club what I think, so that was just a little like, you know, these, you know, I've been on the phone to Charlie Ashley, they're now they're fucked up, but um, I just want to. I just want to stay up. That's what we've got to do. And he had such a level-headed, as you'd expect, and composed approach to staying up. And it's like he didn't, you know, he's not a, he's not saying we're going to stay up. He's just saying we've got to do the right things. We've got to get keep the fans behind us. And you know, we've got a great chance. And that's that's what you want. And he made he made a very good point that sometimes we we'll play teams at home, teams in the bottom half of the league at the time in Everton, um, and and we're, there was kind of a, an expectation amongst the fans that. And, and it, it listen, uh, people said it on this podcast. People said it on Twitter. We should be beating this team. We should be getting four points out of six against Everton. Leicester, We should be doing this. We should be doing that. And he made a very good point. As fuck that, we said. Fuck that, obviously. Yeah. He said. No, he said no. He said we we are trying to compete with these teams, regardless of where they are in the league. If they've been in the Premier League, he didn't go into budgets, but they're experienced in the Premier League. He talks about experience a lot, as I've alluded to, and. They are, they are the teams that we aspire to. And he's spot on Bournemouth, great example. We should be beating Bournemouth at home. Um, and it's not the case. He says, it's not the case. He says, we're not the Newcastle United of old. And he's not trying to, you know, a p- p- little club Listen, He said loads of really positive things about the football club, the area, the city, the support, the passion, the region, and comparing it to Liverpool. And the. So he, he was not talking down Newcastle United. He was just saying, we do not have the right to beat anybody in this Premier League with the squad that we've got. Um, and then I'm supposed to finish off because I've actually been on the phone here for about 70 minutes now. Sign, this is supposed to be a five-minute segment. Um, like the the players are doing their best. He is absolutely guaranteed us that every single one of those players in that squad on that pitch are given everything they possibly can. Um, and we've just got to get behind them. So
1: same old, really. Yeah, I mean, obviously we say it every week, but once again, you're right. We listen to the man. He knows. All right. Uh, cheers, Dogger. That was really interesting and has added to mine and Norman's 35 minutes of uh, of bouncing off each other. So always good to have a third third uh, voice in there. Um. Where we'll be back on Monday, Dogger. After, uh, Monday, unless we
4: we'll we we'll get done like 6-0, which we won't because we're going to win. But if we we'll get done like 6-0, we might do it straight after. But otherwise, it'll be, uh, be Monday night for the uh, post-money victory podcast.
1: Cracking. All right. See you then. Cheers.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why?